You're listening to Crossroads International Church Podcast. Welcome. We hope this podcast will bless you from wherever you're listening to it. For more information, go to our website at xrds.nl. Now, let's get into the podcast. Good morning, everybody. God bless you. So good for us to be together today. Now, you will know we are busy with a sermon series on the Holy Spirit, and I'm really excited about it. Look, you know, can I just say this to you? I, you know, as I was thinking last night and um, preparing for today and, and driving over here this morning again, just realizing, you know, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, it can be so potentially polarizing and so stirring for, for many of us. You know, I think on the one hand, you have what I, I like to call, you know, kind of the Holy Spirit heroes. You know, so everything is just, you know, Holy Spirit just full on and, and just um, have a very clear and particular, whether it's from our upbringing or what we understand or how we've been taught, just a very clear and defined understanding of what the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit should look like in a person. And if you don't live in that space how I think it should be, well, then you are quite not there yet. And so many of us have been deeply hurt by Holy Spirit heroes. And so many of us sit here when we talk about encountering more of God. Many of us sit here with a deep disappointment in our soul that stems from unmet expectations. Thinking that when we talk Holy Spirit, it must mean this, it must look this way, it must happen in this way, I must be able to do A, B, C, and if I don't, somehow I'm broken. And that then often leads to the other end of the spectrum, what I like to call Holy Spirit police. Paul, you just say the word Holy Spirit, whoa, 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 cool your jets. Calm down. Let's just be, you know, sensible. And so we have in this place, I think, people who fit somewhere along the spectrum. Some of us who are like, Holy Spirit, yes, Paul, come on, let's do this thing. And some of us are like, Paul, can we just rustig aan? You know, do normal. <laughs> and I want to say again that I firmly believe that when we talk, and that's why I want to preach about the Holy Spirit for so long, is that I firmly believe that what we need is we need to have a clear cognitive, uh, intellectual, a, 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 a time where we sit, let's think about the Holy Spirit, let's talk about the Holy Spirit, let's study the Holy Spirit, let's understand, let's ask questions, let's reason, let's, but let's say, God, I want to understand, I want to study the Holy Spirit so that I have a, a, a more of an intellectual understanding. I believe we need that. 
But I also believe, and I said this last week, but we also need the experience of. So we need the, this is what I think about it, but I also need that this is, this is how I feel. This is what I experience. I think when we combine with the, with, with the thinking and the feeling, where I think when, when we put that together, that's where transformation happens. That's in that journey is where we become. And then we do. So Lord, will you use my heart and will you use my mind? To transform me so that I may become the son, the daughter, the child that you've always destined me to be. Come, Holy Spirit. And I just, so I just want to say this to you, right? So the fact that you are here today. The fact that, and I want you to hear me, the fact that you are sitting in the sea today, the Spirit of God is at work within you. If you can, with any certain level, with any measure of, of honesty and truth, say, Jesus is Lord, then you have the Spirit of God within you. And now what we are saying in the series, Lord, more, please. Just more. Just more. Whatever that might mean, whatever that might look like, what I want to say to you in the series, I want to say to you, Lord, is here I am. I avail myself. I want to intentionally pursue not just a deeper understanding, but a deeper relationship with. The imminent, indwelling presence of God in my life. And let that look like however that may look like in my life. To that end, I remind you, I am calling on all of us on the 26th of June. Monday, we are going to pray together as a church Come, Holy Spirit, here we are. Count us in. Do what you need to do in the way that you need to do it in me. 26th of June. The 9th of July, Sunday the 9th of July, we, I'm not going to preach, maybe a little bit, just like five minutes. But we are going to call on the elders of this church for those who want, for those that want, to anoint us with oil. And the week before, the 2nd of July, I'm going to preach about, so don't miss it, I'm, I'm already so keen and excited for the 2nd of July. So I, it's going to be such a good sermon, I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> I'm going to preach about the relationship between anointing with oil and the Holy Spirit. And what it means, what we're going to do the following Sunday, on the 9th. But the elders are going to anoint us with oil, those who want. And we're going to sp spend time praying for one another, with one another. We're going to worship together. And we're going to just say, Lord, here we are. Do what you want to do. One last thing. 
if you look in your app, on the front page of it, screen of it, uh, in an effort, for me, I have a desire to just want to be the best possible uh, pastor and shepherd to you. And for a long time, I have felt just, you know, I hardly get to spend any time with you. I stand here and I preach to you, and I hardly get time to just even drink coffee with you and have conversation with you. And so there's felt for me just kind of like a bit of a disconnection, and I want to, well, look, I'm a people person anyway, right? So I want to just, right? So in an effort to be just a better and the best possible pastor I can be to you. I have an idea, and here it is. So if you look on that page, I've said to Natalia, make available every week a block of time in my diary, and let's make it possible for you to just go on the app and book yourself an appointment with me. So how's that? So... Um, so you can do it yourself. You, if you want to talk to me, if you want to see me, you want to talk to me about, chat to me about something, even if you just want to have a cup of coffee with me, that's fine. Uh, but you now have the ability to book my diary yourself. Right? It's just for a certain block in the week. So it's, it's not like all day, every day. Okay? So we're going to try that and see how that goes. And you're able to do that through the app. Okay, today I want to speak with us. That was just the introduction. We haven't even started. Today I want to speak to you about what I believe to be one of the most important ways, yet one of the most gentle and subtle and most beautiful, but I believe one of the most important ways that the Holy Spirit wants to help you be your paraclete. What is of vital importance, let me ask you this question, if you want to be in a flourishing, vitalizing relationship, what needs to be done well? What needs to be present? The ability to communicate with one another, right? If you want to be in a proper relationship, you need to be able, and I say this because I've sat with married couples for around 30 years now, and in marriage counseling, and when I do testing with them, and we fill out questionnaires and whatever, and just to get a picture of what's going on in the relationship, if there's trouble in the relationship, I can guarantee you now the one area that will be lacking and that there will be a problem in will be the area of communication. Communication and relationship go together. So by the way, we all think we can, but very few of us do it well, just so by the way. Communicate effectively, is what I'm saying. Relationship and communication go together. What then is one of the key ways that we have been given to communicate with our Creator? Prayer. Prayer. And it's with this topic that we get a beautiful picture of what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you and me. To help build and strengthen and grow our relationship with our Creator God. 
with our Heavenly Father. The Holy Spirit helps us in a very specific way. And here is your key verse for today. It is from Romans chapter 8. We're going to read from verse 26 to 28. I'm going to read it for us first in the Common English Bible. And then what I want to do today, I want to read it also from the Message Translation. Because with this passage in the Message, there's one or two words which is of interest to us that we actually encounter in Psalm 36, but we'll get to Psalm 36 later. Romans 8, 26 to 28. In the same way, the Spirit comes to help our weakness. We don't know what we should pray, but the Spirit Himself pleads our case with unexpressed groans. The one who searches hearts knows how the Spirit thinks because he pleads for the saints consistent with God's will. And then that famous verse that you all know, Romans 8.28, we know that God works all things together for good for the ones who love him, for those who are called according to his purpose. Let's read that same passage just in the message translation. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in waiting... God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in us and for us, making prayers out of our wordless sighs and aching groans. We'll stop there. Beautiful. I've learned something so valuable in the last few weeks about how the Holy Spirit wants to help me. And this for me has revolutionized so much in my relationship with God. And I want to share some of that with you today. Job 16 verse 19 to 21. Even now, my witness is in heaven. My advocate is on high. My intercessor is my friend. As my eyes pour out tears to God on behalf of a man, he pleads with God as he pleads for a friend. Friends, there are times in life, there are times in life where we just don't know how to pray. We don't know what to say. We don't have the words. We want to, but we can't. We are unable to fully express, to, to pull out what's going on in here, the aching of the heart, the desire of the soul. We are really unable to fully extract that and, and all the jumble so often that occupy to extract that and to just organize it in beautiful little words and say, God, here, this is what I want you to know. This is what I want to say to you. There are times when we struggle. To fully say, God, this is the longing of my heart. There are times when the only vernacular we possess, the only language we have, is but a sigh of the soul. A groaning 
of the heart. <sighs> it's the only language I have at times. There are times when it comes to prayer where we feel the walls of my room is six feet deep of solid concrete. The roof is of lead. Nothing's getting through. I'm talking and talking, but is God hearing? Anybody ever felt, or just, anybody felt that way? It was just me. Okay, it's just me and three friends. Okay. <laughs> well, then to me and my three friends, what this passage begins to say to us is that when all I have, when all I am able to, to give is a sigh of the soul, a groan of the heart, still somehow the sigh and the groan of my heart makes it into the throne room of heaven. Okay, that's a good start. That's a good start. I want you to notice something beautiful. To really understand what is happening in Romans 8, verse 26 to 28, we've got to just jump a few verses earlier. And so I want to read that passage again, but I want to include verses 22 and 23. And Paul now brings in a beautiful image for us to help us understand verse 26 to 28. Verse 22 and 23. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, there's that word again, as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. So Paul is bringing in this imagery of creation and he's connecting it with the Holy Spirit, right? Verse 23, not only so, but we ourselves, we have the first fruits of the Spirit grown, there's that word again, inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And then we have verse 26, in the same way the Holy Spirit helps us. And so, Paul wants us to understand how the Holy Spirit wants to help you in two clear ways. And he brings in this imagery of creation and the involvement of the Spirit of God, the ever-creating Spirit of God, which is forever creating And what he's trying to say is, when all you have are sighs and groans, chaos and formlessness, the creating spirit of God there at creation, at creation, forming form out of formlessness, will take the sigh and will take the groan and do two things with it. Number one, will curate it. Do you, do you know what a curate is? To curate is to care for it, to hold it, to pastor it. Woohoo! I love it. 
So when all I have is a sigh and a groan and an aching of the spirit and the soul, a yearning and a longing, a desire and a passion for more of God, but I don't know how to say it and I don't know what to do with it and I don't know how to pray it, the spirit of God comes and helps me and he takes it and he holds it, he curates it, he shepherds it, he, he, he nourishes it. He cherishes it. It matters. He pastors the groan of the heart. And then he not only curates it, but secondly, he translates it. He takes the groan, the, the, the inaudible, the unintelligible, the unexpressed, and he translates it into something beautiful, into the throne room of heaven, into the ears of my creator God. This is good. Thank you, Lord. That when I cannot, you can. The desire and the aching of the soul, the spirit takes it and he holds it softly and gently. He cherishes it. He curates it. He pastors it. And he says, this groan, this ache, this sigh, it matters. And then he creates, he translates, and presents it into the throne room of heaven. Man, I don't know about you, but that is just great. See, because often life leaves us just with, you know, we just don't know what to say. I mean, I had a conversation with a dear friend. You know him, but I'm not going to say his name. You can figure it out for yourself. And um, he's building a house. And let me tell you, he has been building a house for what feels like 300 years. Right? Okay, so I, I exaggerate. But, you know, I, he's been building a house for years. And the one thing that's missing is the windows. Okay, some of you know who I'm talking about. I see nods. And so the other day, I was talking to this person, and I was like, hey, what's happening with the windows? And he just looked at me, and he said, Paul, I have nothing to say. <laughs> it was like something to, to the effect of, I, I don't even know what to tell you. I don't even have words. I don't even know what to say to you anymore. And life leaves us like that sometimes as we read in Psalm 38. I'm feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. All my longings lie open before you, Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. And the Holy Spirit takes that sighing and the anguish of the heart and the groans of the soul and he curates it and he translates it and he presents it to the throne room of heaven. Paul writes so beautifully and so sensitively in Romans chapter 8. You know, what Paul is saying, he's saying that so often in life there's a gap. There's a gap between what I want and what I expect and what I long for out of life and what I have. <laughs> and what I'm experiencing and what my reality is. And Paul says that so often there's a gap. And it's, and it's in that gap. 
It's in that gap between what I long for, what I expect, what I want, and what I'm experiencing. In that gap, Paul says in verse 26, that's when he says, we don't know what to pray for. And the Holy Spirit takes that. He's our intercessor. What is it to, but to intercede? It's when a stronger one takes up the cause of a weaker one and fights his or her case and stands in that gap. And so the Holy Spirit stands in that gap, in that gap where there are only sighs and groans. In that gap where disappointment lives. In that gap where unmet expectations live. In that gap where weakness resides. And he curates, and he translates, and he presents to the Father. Hello. So we have this picture that Paul wants us to understand. When it comes to you, Peter, John, Jan, Gert, Gert Jan, When it comes to you, right now, as I'm speaking these words, the Spirit of the living God is talking to the rest of the Trinity about you. The Holy Spirit, your advocate, standing up, your intercessor, the Father, your provider. And that's exactly why Paul understands this, and that's why he writes verse 28. Because he understands this, that's why he can write, well, we know that God works all things together for the good. That's why he writes this. If you were to ask Paul, if you were to ask Paul, how is a person to walk in the Spirit of God? How is a person to live in the presence and power of the Spirit of God? He will say one word to you and he will say, pray. Prayer. Define his life. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 18. But very specifically and pray in a very specific way. He will say this to you. He says to us in Ephesians 6, 18. Pray. Okay. Pray in the Spirit. What does that even mean? Allow me to explain. Pray in the Spirit. As I for, for weeks been reflecting on this, I said, God, okay, this is great, but what, what's really going on? What must I really learn from this? Here's the realization that I believe Paul is trying to teach us in this passage and by his very existence. We have a divine partner, right? We have a partner here to help us, the Holy Spirit. To pray in the Spirit. When it comes to prayer, 
something so by the way, I'll continue that sentence just now, but something so by the way, many of us struggle with. It's a burden for, Mary, for many of us. Oh, prayer meeting, no thanks. Oh, you know, prayer for many is something that is for us an experience of it, a burden. And we wrestle and we struggle with it. And it doesn't come easy to us. And what Paul wants to show us and teach us in this passage is this. That in prayer, it is the divine partner, the Holy Spirit. Not the human partner who takes the initiative. I say that again. It is the divine partner, not the, not the human partner, that takes the initiative. That's what's going on here. St. Gregory of Sinai said, prayer is God working. Prayer then becomes it's not something that I do. It's not something that I initiate. It's something that I join. Because it's already happening. The Spirit of God is in heaven interceding for me. It's not something I've got to force and initiate and do. It's happening. The invitation is for me to join it. It is something that I join. It's something that I get swept into. It's a river I get swept into. Psalm, what's it, 36? Enjoy the river of God. Galatians 2.20, Paul says, It's not me. It's, it's Christ's Spirit in me. John 3.30, I must decrease and He must increase. And so when I understand that true prayer and praying in the Spirit is not something I have to initiate, I have to force, I have to do, but it's something that's happening. The Spirit of God interceding for me, my advocate in heaven, it's something I join. It's something I say, Lord, sweep me along into this. That means I can be silent and still praying. Does it make sense what I'm saying? It means I can be busy preaching and I'm still praying. That means there's just a sigh and a groan. And I'm praying. When I pray in the Spirit of God, and I say, Lord, I want to join your work in my life. I avail myself to what's going on to your heart for me. Lord, here I am. I surrender. Lord, you speak. Let me join what you are doing in my life. It takes all the burden and the stress and the worry away. I've, I, I don't have to force it. I just have to join it. Changed everything for me. I want to say to you, I pray. I've written devotions again for this week, and I will every week. I pray that you will, your heart's cry will be, 
going forward from here to the 9th of July and beyond. Lord, I want to join your work. I want to submit to, surrender to your work in me. Come, Holy Spirit, show me Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit, teach me Jesus. You are my advocate. You're the one who curates the groans of my heart and translates them. You're the one doing that. You are pleading my case. You are for me. You want me to win and succeed. You are praying for me. You are standing in the gap of my pain and my weakness and my disappointment. God, I just want to say to you, can I join that? I don't have to figure it out and initiate it and force it and plan it and strategize it. Just here I am. Have your way in me. So I pray that in the days to come, you will take time to go through the devotions, read and study on the Spirit of God and what it means to be in a relationship with the Holy Spirit, how God wants to help you. I pray that God will stir up an, an unquenchable desire within you for more of him in your life to join to want to join the redeeming the sanctifying work of God in your life Amen Thank you for listening and we hope that you have a wonderful week See you next time